It is now my absolute pleasure to introduce today's speaker. It's one of our directors and a brilliant theologian and friend in the life of the church. Everybody loves listening to you, Wendy. We are blessed that you are speaking to us today. It's Wendy Ward. Good morning. It's great to be sharing some thoughts with you, which I hope will bless and encourage you. Last week, Pete led us to look at the previous year from the perspective of thanking God for all that he did for us in the last year and how lockdown didn't stop us from reaching out to our community and being a blessing. This week, I want to look at how we can move forward in the coming year with courage, strength and determination. I was in a Zoom meeting with some lovely people from our church on Tuesday night and Phil asked us what our aims were for the coming year. I replied with the words from the Bee Gees song, Staying Alive. It can sometimes feel like that's all we're trying to do in this pandemic, but God wants so much more for us. We're going to look at the letter Paul wrote to the Philippians. When Paul wrote this, he was in prison. And we might feel like we're in prison at the moment. But as we'll see from Paul, there is victory to be had even when we're severely restricted. As we start to read this letter, we quite quickly realise that although Paul was in prison physically, he was totally free on the inside. There's not even a hint of self-pity or despair, and he doesn't want anyone else's pity either. In the message, we read, whatever you do, don't feel sorry for me. What we find instead is joy overflowing from his heart. The word for joy, rejoice and be glad, occurs 16 times. It's obvious it's nothing to do with Paul's circumstances. <clears throat> Paul tells us, that he has learnt to be content whatever the circumstances, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So this morning, we're going to look at some of the keys to this incredible positivity and courage which Paul shows us. So first of all, we recognise that Paul knows how to focus on the good that come, come out of the present circumstance. Paul looks uh, for all that he can see that has, is happening for good at that time. And he could see that although he wasn't free to travel and take the new good news about Jesus to many places as he had been, he still had opportunities to preach, but now it's to the guys who are guarding him. And he sees another benefit, and that was that other believers had been inspired by him to share their faith more courageously. This is what Paul says. I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of its intended effect. Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. All the soldiers here and everyone else too found out that I'm in jail because of this Messiah. 
that piqued their curiosity and now they've learned about him. Not only that, but most of the Christians here have become far more sure of themselves in their faith than ever, speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. Everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. Everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus more life, I can't lose. For all of us, this lockdown provides opportunities. Like Paul, we may not be able to get out and about, but there are things we can be doing, ways that we can be sharing God's love. Pete was sharing last week about the many ways we as a church have been able to reach out to our communities. And so let's pray that we can continue to find ways to reach out to those around us. And in our own family situations, there are opportunities. Homeschooling your own children is definitely challenging, but it would, wouldn't it be amazing if you could instill in them a love of learning that will be with them for the rest of their lives? Or if you could help them discover the passions and gifts that God has put in them? We can all ask God how we can make the most of this time, how we can turn our challenges into triumphs. We can get creative and see what God could do through us. And secondly, Paul knew how to focus on Jesus. He always focused on his relationship with Jesus. Before Jesus got Paul's attention on the road to Damascus, he had had a lot going for him as far as religion was concerned. He'd had a lot of religious training and he was really well qualified in all the current rabbinical teaching. But he says that all that was nothing compared to the amazing relationship he could now have with Jesus. It's so not about head knowledge. What God calls us to is a deep and personal relationship with him. In chapter 3, verses 8 and 10, in the Amplified Version, we hear Paul's heart when he tries to explain just how much Jesus means to him. He says, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognising and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I've lost everything and consider it to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may win or gain Christ, the anointed one. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, 
perceiving and recognising and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Paul's heart and his whole person was turned towards Jesus and focused on him whatever he was doing. If we keep our focus on Jesus and allow ourselves to be caught up in the wonder of knowing him, we could actually get to know him even more at this challenging time. He's with us. He will help us. He loves us and he's given everything in order to have a real relationship with us. It's often through the hard times, isn't it, and the challenging times where the things that we've depended on have been stripped away, that those times are the ones where we grow in our faith. So let's make the most of it. Times of worship can be helpful, or we might just want to sit in his presence or talk to him as we go for a walk. We all connect with God in different ways, but it's really important to make the time to have that connection. And thirdly, Paul knew how to choose joy. It was his relationship with Jesus that was the source of Paul's joy and no imprisonment was going to take that away from him. And he strongly encourages us. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Joy is a choice we can make even when we're up against it, because Jesus is the source of our joy. I found that last year when I was grieving the loss of my dad. There was joy present and that was because God was with me in it. And although many emotions came up in me because and at, at times seemed to overwhelm me, I sensed that I was being held, carried by Jesus comforted by him. We're never alone, so even in the darkest of times, we can have an underlying joy. I'd also encourage you to do some things which make you smile or laugh. Take a few moments to count your blessings. We haven't seen much of my daughter and her family in Preston, but she does send me so many delightful photos and clips of my beautiful little granddaughters. And if I'm feeling a bit low, I just take a few moments to look at them and it's amazing how it lifts my spirits. We all have things which make us joyful. Maybe it's just simple things like looking at a beautiful sky or scenery or something that just catches your attention. Don't miss those moments. Look for fun and laughter and choose joy. And fourth, Paul had a way of dealing with anxious thoughts. We're all much more aware about the importance of good mental health now, which is really great. But in order to have good mental health, we need to have some strategies for dealing with anxiety. And Paul shares his way with us in chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. <clears throat> he says, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. These verses have meant a lot to me. I come from a very long line of warriors. Worry was what we did best. It became such a habit for us that if you actually didn't have something obvious to worry about, you worried about that. And so it's been a bit of, bit of a battle for me. When I was at uni, these verses gave me a key to dealing with that anxiety. And I trained myself to do what it says in these verses to do. So every time an anxious thought came to my head, I immediately prayed about it and thanked God that he had the solution and he knew the best way to deal with it. And then I claimed that peace which transcends all understanding. And it was totally amazing how much that helped me. I even had peace when I was sitting my finals. Jesus tells all of us not to worry and to remember that we have a heavenly father who cares for us and provides everything we need. Whatever you're going through at the moment, bring it all to the Lord. No detail is too small and nothing is too big. Believe that he's with you and will help you to find the answers and the peace that you need. We all need courage for the way ahead. Courage is a choice not to let fear and anxiety dominate us by controlling our emotions and actions. Courage comes from believing God cares for us and is with us in and through everything. That he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll never let us go and also that he's bigger than any of the problems that we'll ever face. So let's focus on the many, many promises that we can find in his word and just trust him and let him lead us step by step, one day at a time. And then fifthly, we can choose what we think about. Paul does that and he teaches us what he means in chapter 4 verses 8 to 9. He says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is not teaching us to put our heads in the sand and pretend that everything's okay when it's not. We do need to watch the news. We need to find out what's happening and we need to know what we can do to stem the spread of this virus. But we can never let that make, be the main focus of our lives. We can choose what we think about and what we say. We can think and talk about things that are encouraging and uplifting. 
It's not about denying the truth. It's about perspective, learning to see things from a faith point of view, looking for opportunities to be thankful, to make a difference to someone's life or to see what good is coming out of the pressures that we're facing. We need to limit the amount of time we listen to the news and we need to carefully choose what we watch. This year, it looks like we will have continuing challenges, but God is with us and he is our source of courage, strength and determination. Towards the end of Paul's letter to the Philippians, in chapter 4, verse 13, in the Amplified Version, he says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for, and for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. We can do this. We can lean into God and receive every single thing that we need for this coming year. Paul also says, My God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God encourages us to just talk to him and tell, tell him what we need and expect him to do something amazing. It's preferable not to tell him exactly how to meet those needs because he's usually got much better ideas than we have but he does want us to turn to him and expect us to meet those needs, sometimes in amazing and unexpected ways. So I would just encourage you to turn towards him at the beginning of this new year, to look to him for every single thing that you need and to enable him to work in his amazing ways in your life in ways that you could perhaps never even imagined or thought of at this time of the pandemic. So shall we pray to finish? Father, as we look towards the next stage of climbing this mountain before us, help us to keep you as our main focus. May we live not just to stay alive, but may we live lives of fullness and joy, lives where we connect with you and find ways to bring your light and life to others. Help us to choose joy each day, to choose what we think about, to not allow our anxieties and fears to control us, but to bring them to you and lean back into your grace and power. Lord, you have promised to meet all our needs. So help us to trust in you with all our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.